0: Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Happy New Year to you. I hope, I hope you had a good, good uh, holiday season and here we are fresh into 2019. So great choice to start your 2019 first Sunday to come to church. I mean, we, you did it. So great here. I'm so glad to have the break I had. I love what I get to do, but um, they let me off here a few weeks of the, out of the year. And, and so a great time away with my family and and uh, I really, really appreciate uh, Larry Idy who who uh, spoke last week. And Larry, uh, we we watched the football game last night together, at Seahawks. And I, I recognized something about that. Like, you really remind me of Pete Carroll. And so you're really the you're really the Pete Carroll of CTK. And so he's he he has he brings that energy, right? I love I love that about Larry. And last week was I got to listen to the podcast, and just it was a great great message as we start the new year. So it really will tie into, as we get into this series called Overcoming You, and there's a lot against you. Just by the way, as we start the fresh year, there's a lot against you, right? There's people, I know this, it's hard to believe, there's people that are against you. That maybe not against you, like they've got your, you know, picture on the wall and they're throwing, you know, darts at you. But there is people that maybe are not for you. You know, it's just the life you live. It's, You might have a kind of a, you know, not so nice neighbor. You work in a job where it's a disgruntled employee or co-worker, and you're just kind of having to put up with them. There's people around you that necessarily are not for you. Uh, You have to kind of overcome them in a sense. And we have to overcome things in life. You know, we have to overcome you know, you get older, there's there's more aches and there's more pains and there's sickness. There's there's so much. And we can't forget the enemy, the devil himself, wants to try to t- trip us up. He can't destroy us, but he'll st- sure distract us and pull us away from what is important in life. There's a lot of things we have to overcome, but the biggest person to overcome is is you. Now, I don't mean you, me, like you and I, like you're, you're against me. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about yourself to overcome me, to overcome who I am inside. And, and, and so when we look in the, look into a mirror, you know, we, we see our reflection. And I tell you, it's a love, hate relationship with the mirror. Have you do, no, noticed that before? Like when you look in the mirror, because we can be our worst enemy. We can look in the mirror and we, we look between our eyes and we're like, okay, who, who am I really? And I tell you, it, it, it's a lo- like I said, it's a love-hate relationship. And I think especially in the holiday season as we get in front of the mirror, you ever done this? Like, oh, well, I look a little fuller and a little bit, you know. And, and yeah, there's times where you, you find yourself looking in the mirror and, and you're like, man, I look pretty good. I look I look darn good. I'm not too bad. Have you ever gone to the, you know, and you, got, you try on ladies, maybe trying on new outfits, guys, you, you know, you go clothes shopping once in a while, and you, you put on some new jeans or shirt, well, and you get in the mirror in the dressing room, like, yeah, look, this looks good. You know, you're looking at the angle, and then you get home, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what happened? You look in your bathroom mirror. And you're like, they got skinny mirrors at that store, right? They bamboozled me to buy those clothes. And we, go, and we have this angle. I've been with people at times where, they, you ever remember people that are kind of distracted by their own image? You're, you're, you're with people that, you know, you're like, they're looking at you and you're talking, but they see their reflection, and you're like, what are you, what are you, what are you looking at? They're just, they're kind of, you know, fixing themselves a little bit. We get kind of, when we see ourselves in the image, we kind of weird out a little bit about it. And now with social media, I mean, come on, we're not only, you know, Im- image-driven, we're image-obsessed. We live in this this culture that you gotta get the right angle of the picture and like, okay, my arms here. And of course, you know, when you take a selfie, I've learned too, this is what I've been told, you take it from up here, not here, because this shows more of a double chin. Okay. So you gotta you gotta take it up here. And not only that, there's all these filters you gotta put on there. And I don't I haven't explored filters. I have you know, I'm so old, you know, I'm getting older each day. And so I I don't really know these things, but there's all these things we're trying to keep our image. But let me ask this question, and we start this thing off. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do, you, what do you see? See, a lot of what we see is kind of a loaded question. What we look in our mirror, it's, it's a loaded question. It's, it's actually a comprehensive question. Because the thing about it is how you see yourself has everything to do with how you view your life. And how life is. When life is going really well, a lot of times it's because you feel really good about yourself. When you don't feel good about yourself, life is not too good. It's it's how we view ourselves as much of how we feel about ourselves. And so this series that we're starting off is, I want for us to courageously look into the mirror with God's help. To look honestly in this mirror and say, God, help us to see what we need to see. The next few weeks in this series, Overcoming Me, again, it's not me, I'm talking yourself. Overcoming Yourself is this, is, we're going to look at some topics. Next week, we're going to look at the topic of overcoming the need for control. If you know anybody that's a control freak, make sure they come here you know, you might have to coerce them because they're control freaks and they don't know what am I getting into. Uh, the following week we're going to look the right to be offended. You ever heard anybody say, "I just have the I'm the, I have the right to be offended"? Do you really have the right to be offended? And we're going to talk about overcoming the the longing for approval. That's a tough one, right? How about how about this? The fear overcoming the fear of the unknown. And then we're going to look at overcoming the disappointment of expectations. So those are some things to think about for next couple of weeks to plan to be there. Hopefully, you can be here every week live for that. let dive into this. But today we're going to look at the feelings of inadequacy. That when we look in the mirror, what are we seeing? Are we? How do we see ourselves this way? So, and it's amazing. I don't want you. I, I'm the reality is for me sometimes. I, I can be feel really good at one moment, like, it can happen within seconds, that I'm feeling really good about myself, Mike, like, you know what, I'm not too bad, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking pretty good, it's fine, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm in a, in a circumstance where I'm with people that go completely opposite, that insecurities and, in, and, and inadequacies come out. Maybe you've been with people that are successful, like, financially successful, uh, just over the holiday season, been at, at a home, at just this massive home I was in, and it's just like, oh my goodness, how do they make all this money? Like, you're just like, this is unbelievable, and then, you know, and then you go home, and, how about you? and you go home, and like, man, what a dump I live in. How did I, how did this happen? And we just, like, what are we doing? No, God's blessed us with a great home, but we do these comparisons. So, ladies, you might have been to a friend's house, and you know, you walk in, it's like, it's like a page out of Better Homes and Garden, right? You're just like, wow, it it smells good in here. You know, like your house smells like dirty laundry and kitty litter, right? There's this, it's like, this is not good, right? And like, there, you know, it's like, it smells like perfect. Whatever perfect smells like, right? Is is beautiful. If, it, if you've been a student, you've got students here, you know, you you work your tail off. I remember working really hard. I mean, like, if I can pull a B in this class, you know, and then you got the friend that gets straight A's and they they, do, they don't study and they're Mr., Mr., Mr. and Mrs. Popular. And you're just like, I am not that, right? And I think also when it comes down to it, then where, if you've been a part of church for a while, as you consider yourself a Christian, have you met have you met some super christians out there have you met some of them you know like you know it's like oh it's a bummer you know the seahawks lost you know and you just and then someone goes you know you know what though it sure reminds me of obadiah 2 6 and then and then they they quote that scripture they're like uh that's weird okay that's really like but i'm not them like there's just people around you that act way more spiritual I find that pressure as a pastor that I got to be spiritual sometimes. That I, it's like I do it for a living. And then I get around to other spiritual people. I get around to other pastors. And my insecurities come out. Like I, I find that, well, I'm not, quote, as successful as them. And, and I don't know about you, but whatever your profession is, whatever your walk of life, whatever your, your stages of life— you find yourself in the same place, don't you? Like we can just one moment feel really good about ourselves over here, and then just like within seconds, going, "Oh my gosh, I just feel so, so down, and I feel so insecure." And it's in our lives, right? And, I, and in our, in our, in our ego, at many, many times. And so, why this? Why does this happen? What well, I wanted to give just a few biggies of why we can. Just so quickly get to insecure and finding our lives inadequate and the feelings of inadequacy. And there's just a few biggies. First of this, I think many times we have unfair criticism that we experience. Unfair criticism. Meaning that, yes, there's times where you, you are evaluated in a job or anything like that. But just things or words actually were spoken over you that should have never been spoken over to you, over you. Like these words. You don't measure up. I wish you were more like such and such or so-and-so. You don't have what it takes. Some of you have heard these words. I, I wish I never had you. I mean, you heard those. I mean, I'm sorry to bring that up, but you've heard those kind of words before. You're never going to amount to anything. Now, maybe those words weren't literally spoken like in verbatim, but they were implied. And you felt it. And you experienced that. And you're like, oh. And you, it's just unfair criticism that's happened. And internally, these messages, they burn in the hard drive of your identity. And you, it's interesting. You can have really, really bad days, and you'll subconsciously play those messages back. You're like, there it is, there it is, there it is. And it's so weird. In your successes, even, you can hear them like, and people celebrate, way to go, way to go. And then you go on yourself, no, I'm not that great. No, I can't. No, I'm not that, you know. You're, isn't that amazing? Even in your success, you can feel insecure because you don't deserve the praise or whatever it might be because of that happening. Another thing is quite the opposite of, of unfair criticisms is unrealistic compliments. I, years ago, I've watched a little bit on like American Idol when that first came out. I think that there's a reboot of it that's come on and it's still probably the same premise that they start off with people on there that, that are really talented and then there's people that really just can't sing at all and they put them on there. Of course, that's for ratings, right? They put the crazy people on there for ratings and they think they can sing. But that's the thing is like someone along the lines told that person they had enough confidence that they could sing. They, they, Along the lines, someone said, you know, you're the best, you're amazing, no one is good as you, you know, and like they prop them up there and like, for, you know, set them up for failure, I guess, in front of millions of people, that's not really nice to do, but they had that kind of courage, I guess, to get up there to do that, and I find in our culture, as much as I love the affirmations that we get, I, I find, and I'm old school, and when it comes to this, but when I grew up, if you, if you won something, you got a prize, if you didn't win, you don't get anything. I, 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 I'm amazed. Like I met my son several years ago and he playing little, little junior football. And, and, and they, they, they lost all the games. They didn't win one game. And they had this little, you know, ceremony thing as a team, a little, little dinner. And they, they gave each of the boys trophies. You shouldn't get a trophy if you come in last place. Now, good God, we're like, way to try hard is good, but I don't think zero and fourteen is deserves a trophy. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have affirm one another, but I think sometimes unrealistic compliments you know, that we can put ourselves or put people in, and as parents, so we gotta be careful. Put our, put our people, kids, in bubbles that they we're not allowing them to fail a little bit. Hey. If you forget your lunch, you just don't eat lunch, right? I remember those days. And we, we create these safety nets so much. So then when we get in the real world, there's no one providing our peanut butter and jelly sandwich for us at work, right? We, we find failure. And so we, have to, we only learn our lessons through failure. You know what I'm saying? So that can be extreme. And then the other one way I would say, third one would be this, is unwise comparisons. And this happens so much. You know, I'm not like them, I'm not as attractive to them, I'm not as bright, I'm not as talented. And you probably have heard this all, all over and over, and it's still a factor, is that in social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are now considered one of the leading causes of anxiety and depression. And so when you when you go through and you look at this and you, you do this all, people do this. And if you're caught up in that, that's great. I get caught up sometimes times when I'm in line, I'm looking like, oh, wow, someone posted their peanut butter and jelly sandwich for that. Like, why am I looking at their peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Like that, that doesn't, why would you do that? And I think almost times people post that, but then the next posting is like, um, someone's posting their, 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 uh, their steak and lobster on a yacht in Maui. And you're like, okay, you know, if you're the person posting the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like I'm not comparing to the person I'm not, And you start, you go through this and like, I think we need to be reminded of this so many times is that we, when we look at people's lives, we look at their edited life. You know, when we look at their life, we see this, this, this edited life. You see, and when you get the, you know, we did or Christmas, got the Christmas photos in the mail, or you see them on Facebook and this beautiful family and everything. You know, if you grew, your family you grew up or you have kids and that, that was not the one picture that was taken. There was 50 weird, old, weird pictures that were taken and kids screaming and people mad. And you remember that you, you had to get counseling after you had these, these, these family sessions of pictures, right? And it's, what we're looking at is this edited version. You're looking, you're looking at your, un, your, your, your life as this raw footage. You're like, I can't compare. Because you can't. It's not wise to do that. But we get caught up in that, okay? And so back to the mirror. So when you look in the mirror, again, what do you see? What do you see? And though this sounds kind of basic, but maybe you thought about this. What you see, you're like, well, I see myself. No, you don't see yourself. You're like, what am, what am I looking at? you see a reflection of yourself. You can't really see yourself. You would have to come get outside of your body to look in on yourself, okay? And if you're having those kind of experiences, that's a whole nother topic we're gonna have, okay? We're gonna, we'll preach on that. But this is important. When you see, you don't really see yourself. You only see a reflection of yourself. When you see a picture of yourself, it's only a reflection reflection of you, a video of you. It's only if you don't see yourself. And on top of that, what people see you is not really you. I'm like, well, what are they, what are they seeing? They're seeing and it's filtered through what they see of you by how they see themselves. And we do this all the time. So we really don't see ourselves. So who sees ourselves? Well, we're, we're, that's where we're going to get to. You see, to overcome your feelings and adequacy is that we need to be courageously looking in the mirror, but looking through the one that truly, truly sees us and knows us perfectly and that's God. And so here's the prayer that I want to pray for us, us to pray together actually. And this is the overcoming prayer as we start this new year is this. It's this prayer. God, help me see me as you truly see me. Can we, can we read this prayer together? God, help me see me as you truly see me. One more time. God, help me to see me as you truly see me. And we pray that prayer. And, and what's so important to be reminded of this is that how God sees us is, is somewhat comprehensive as we talk about this. But you need to know back to the original plan is that when God created creation, when he created man, the Bible says he created us in his own image. In our image, we created God, both male and female. We were created created to reflect who God is. And so when Adam and Eve, when God looked upon them, he saw himself. And when you see your kids or people remind you, you sure look like your, your kids sure look like you. You chip off the old block. That's what God saw in Adam and Eve in the perfection. So when he saw them, he saw himself. But because of sin, it that image got tarnished. And so How we see ourselves is not how God sees us any longer. We see ourselves through a sinful mindset. And that sinfulness has brought insecurities and has brought in what we see as inadequacies. And the tarnishment that took place, and we 'll talk in a moment that it is Jesus that is to come and restore that image to us, but that 's how we struggle through in our life to see ourselves as God sees us. So how do we overcome this well that 's the, that's the battle within that we have that 's the struggle that we have within our ourselves to overcome ourselves yes we 've got enemies out there, yes, the devil is the greatest enemy, but in practical terms, how do we overcome ourselves? How do we overcome? me. Well, the Bible has so many great examples, and I want to look at one today that's, that's there that I so identify with, and I think some of you might as well. And it's the, one of my favorite guys is a guy named Gideon. Gideon is God's guy that he used despite the feelings of inadequacy, and it's found in Judges chapter 6. I want us to turn to and look to you on the screen here today. It's on verse 11 that I want to start. It says this, the angel of the Lord came and sat down upon the oak in Ophrah, that belonged to Joash the Asbrenite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, I haven't threshed wheat recently, but what I understand of threshing wheat, and you know, back in the ancient times before machinery, the best way to thresh wheat is you were in an open area and you'd shake the wheat, you shake the shaft, and and then it would it would it blow, the wind would blow, and then the grain would fall to the ground, and you you scoop up the grain, and then there you've you've got the, the wheat. Well, it's not a great place to, to in a wine press, which is more of an enclosed area, to, to thresh wheat. There's no way that wind can move along. Now, why would Gideon be in a wine press threshing wheat? Well, the, the biggest, the obvious thing is he was scared. He was in fear. And what was in fear of is that he, he wanted to keep for himself what he needed for him and his family to preserve his life. Because there was an enemy out there that was going to try to steal away what he had. I think we can remind it in our own lives and we can relate that, there's, that we have our own wine presses. That we just try to survive and we try to provide for ourselves. We don't want to stir any trouble. We don't want to cause any problems. We want to fly under the radar so no one would know. And yet, what we battle with and in this is that we live a limited life, don't we? We just want to stay where we are. We want to minor P's and Q's, but yet we for, you need to remind us, Christ followers, our lives are much greater than that. And there's much greater potential that God wants to use our life. And we find ourselves lesser in, in this because we're not living this potential. And the reason we won't live that potential is because we're, we're limiting ourselves to this is what we have and this is what we going to do. And we're intimidated by an enemy that's, that's out there in our lives. And many times the enemy is staring right at us. And we look in the mirror each day. On a good day, we see average. On the bad day, we don't see what we want to see, and we're down. And so God's perspective, we're reminded, he sees something far greater, and it was in Gideon's life as well as we're going to look at here. But a truth I want to leave, leave you with is this thought, as we do this, is to overcome our, our inadequacies is this, is that God's view of us is, is different than we think. I know that sounds basic, but we've got to keep that in mind. God's view of us is different than we as we see ourselves and mention Gideon he's hiding in this wine press surviving and basically in all his physical actions he's afraid but yet look at scripture says this when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon he said the Lord is with you mighty warrior you're like he, why, mighty warrior, I mean, you're talking mighty wimp, he's a scaredy cat, he's in this wine press. But it's a reminder, again, the Lord has, sees something in Gideon that Gideon doesn't see in himself, and he sees this potential. Let's be honest, when we look in the mirror on a Monday morning especially, early morning, and we look in the mirror, we're not going, oh, look at me, mighty warrior, right? We're not looking ourselves, we're like, eh, kind of feeling kind of wimpy here. And that that that's just the life with, that we live, and it's it's hard to think. But we're seeing ourselves again through our own reflection of our own imperfect life versus how God truly sees us. And so that's really Gideon's response back. He he says, this, pardon me, my lord." Kind of polite there. Gideon replied, "But if if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that, that are?" Their ancestors told us about when they said, "Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us in the hand of Midian Midian. Now you need to understand this that Gideon's insecurity stems back in his belief that God was not blessing his, his life. He's actually playing a bit of a victim to say, "Listen, God, where are you? We're here in oppression here." And yet, in many times we can do this, we fail to realize that there were some consequences that brought to this place. And the consequences were, is that, the, that, that their ancestors were disobedient to the Lord. And over and over, you see in the Old Testament, when, God, when people were disobedient to God, God allowed an invading nation to come in and, and take them over. And that's what was happening. This enemy nation was, in, was, it was involved. And so it created this culture of victims, not unlike today. Do we not live in a culture of victim mentality? And please listen, I know there's true victimization happening in our world. There's injustice going on in the world. And as, as a church, we're trying to fight injustice. We're trying to see people rescued from slavery and, and sex trade and all the things, that, the horrible, horrible things are going on. And we're going to we'll put efforts toward those causes. So don't get me wrong and say there's not victimization. But how many know in our you know, our little world we live in, we can play victim cards so much. You know, someone cut us off in traffic and we do different, we have all these little things and we can get in this victim mentality. Listen, our our world, the media has making millions and billions on a victim mentality. But as Christ's followers, Jesus did not die for us to live a victim mentality. Christ called us to live in victory because of what he did on the cross over death, of the sin and death, rising from the dead so that we can live this life that he has and we can see ourselves as God sees us. And yet these voices say, you can't, you won't, You know, there's no external voices and internal voices. And that's not true. Listen to who we really are as believers. I love what Paul says this. For we are God's masterpiece. We're created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. I want you to think about this. Before you even were created, even before you're born, God had a heavenly to-do list for you. There is a plan that he had for you. And and what weirds us out is that we're making choices and how we do that. But God knew far along ago this plan he had for you and the goal for us is follow that plan because he created you to do that work. He saved you not to sit in a church seat. He saved you to, to live out as his masterpiece to do this good work. God's view of you is way different than you think. But another truth to know is this and overcoming our inadequacy is this: God has put more in you than you you than you think. God has put more in us than we think. Look at verse fourteen. It says this: Go. Go to college. You know? go to BTC. Go you know. Go read a book. Go to a conference. All good things. All good things. But what does it say actually say? Go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? I love that question for us. Am I not sending you? God's saying, I created you. I am. You're a masterpiece. There's a work that I have. Am I not sending you to do that work? But are not the negative messages come back to us either externally or internally. I don't have what it takes. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive. Whatever those things are. And yet we forget that God has given us more inside of us than we can even imagine. And er, you have everything you need to do that God wants you to do. And I tell you, from my life, and you could come up here and share maybe your story, I find myself living proof of that. I, I remember, you know, I guess, now, you know, 30 years ago, I'm mean, 19, 19, when I was 19, I remember I, I came to Lord in high school. I, I, I was very, very shy person, very, very different. I, if you said I was going to speak in hundreds of, hundreds of people every week and many, it's like, you're, I think you're smoking. So I, there's no way I would, I would think I would do any of that kind of thing at all. Public speaking, I was I was just so, so insecure. But as part of our church internship, and back in the day, it was really kind of interesting. They, they all said, like, okay, you're in this thing, and you're going to sit on the platform of this church I was part of. And they had these big chairs, and then you had to wear a suit. And I didn't own a suit. I didn't, So I went to J.C. Penney's and got one off the rack and two short in the sleeves. But this is going to work, you know. And I remember the pastor during the worship, he leaned over to me. signaled me over. It's kind of coming off the bench. He goes, you're going to go up and pray. I'm going to do What? So I'm up there and I go up there and big pulpit, you know, I remember the big pulpits and hands on your know, side. Oh Lord God, Jesus, Lord, pray. I'm just praying this jumble, mumble jumble prayer. I know you know what I prayed. And so then I sat back down, you know, and afterwards one of my buddies come up. He goes, wow, you, when you got up there, your face turned beet red. And, and you look like you're going to hurl, dude. And I'm like, thanks for the encouragement, right? I've come a long way. I haven't. Hurled, and uh, that's another story, another day. And that some of you know that story, but um, I <laughs> uh, tell me a long time ago. Remember that one? Uh, God, God takes me a long ways, and for you too. Look how far God's taken you, and there's opportunities He has for you. And it's no different. God has put so much inside of you to accomplish what He wants to do. Look at verse 15. How, and it reminds us that yes, there's an, ex, an external enemy coming at us, but there's inner us, these negative messages for our response to God. Is here's another excuse. So, so Gideon's like, oh, okay, yeah, this calling, but this is this is his excuse. Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and massy, and I am the least in my family. And I think we can make all these excuses. We really is who am I? who am I going to do this? You you don't realize what podunk town I come from, and you don't know the reputation of my family. I mean, that's, you don't know that, and I'm like the least of the litter here, Uh, you know, and we can easily self-disqualify ourselves. And I find with this, when we live in a victim mentality, is we disqualify ourselves, and then we just, we write it off. We're like, no, that's not, I can't do that. There's no way to do that. And we're missing these moments and these opportunities, this greater calling that God has for us. And we make these excuses. And, and a lot of it has this fragile ego that we just don't want to go there. And yet, this voices that tell us something differently, we're gonna realize God has given us more than you realize. I love 2 Peter. I love this verse. It says this his God's divine power has given us. Can you say that word with me? Everything, one more time. Everything. That's huge. We need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who's called us by his own glory and goodness. And the word that stood out to me just now, I didn't think of the first service, is that word knowledge. If you don't know what God thinks of you, the only way you're going to know what God thinks of you is getting knowledge of what God thinks of you. It's the God's word of who you really are is that knowledge of it. Not what other people say and what you see in the mirror because it's not truly friction, reflection. It's what God sees you and the knowledge of him who's called us, his own glory and goodness. See, it reminds us of this, of his own glory and goodness, and, and this could burst your little bubble like I was building you up. Like, you know, he sees you differently than you see yourself and he's put more in you than you, you think you have. Here, here's something maybe burst your bubble is, it's less about you than you think. And like, oh, it is. It's, it's, it's less about you than you think. See, I think we have these, these pendulums. We swing so quickly. We can get so overconfident in one area, right? Like, oh, I got this. This is no problem. And then all of a sudden, like, failure. And they're like, oh, I've blown it. You know, and we can get so self-conscious in one side. So quickly, the pendulum swings. And I tell you, God doesn't want either in this. I don't think it's so to think so highly of ourselves over here and so lowly ourselves over here. What if we just saw ourselves appropriately, as God sees us? See, that's what the challenge with Gideon was. This Gideon, again, remember the very beginning. the angel of the Lord said to him, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." It was less about Gideon; it was more about God's power, and then he was realizing it. And, and, and that's what's going on here. It says, next, the Lord answered, I, he says this, I, what am I going to do? I can't, I'm the least of the least. He goes, no. He says these words, Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And so Gideon responds, you can read about this in Judges chapter six and seven. You can read about, there's, it's a lengthier narrative that's there of this battle. And in your programs, if you're in small groups doing doing life together, you're gonna to talk about it this week in Judges chapter seven. But let me, get, let me summarize the story for you a bit. Basically, Gideon's like, okay, we're gonna take it on. And so they gather the troops and Gideon's got 32,000 troops. Awesome, 32,000. Well, the problem was Midian had 100,000. They're like, whoa, we're outnumbered. And God goes, you are outnumbered. You need to whittle it down even more. So they have cuts and cuts and cuts and how they drank the water, and you read all that. And all of a sudden, they have 300 in in Israel, in the the army, and there's still 100,000 Midianites. Like, this is not fair. God's going, that's right. It's not not fair. And he says, uh, and oh, Gideon, I want you to go ahead and just put those swords away and those shields and, you know, chariots and all that. You don't need all that. What are we gonna use? Well, I want you to go ahead and get some trumpets, and I want you to get some jars, and I want you to get some torches. Like in our garage, that's what you want us to use, is stuff out like out of the shed? What are you what are you talking about? But that was the plan. God's saying, no, no, and it's still outnumbered. Because the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And you know what happened? They had a which is a great way, tactic. If you want to surprise, you know, you want to invade, you always surprise, you ambush. And so, the element of surprise, they ambushed the enemy camp. They blew the trumpets, they broke the jars, and they took the, 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 the lid off the torches. And they said, for the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. And they ran into the Midian camp. And it's, the Bible says that the Midianites were so confused that they ended up killing one another. That's, that's how the battle ended. And Gideon's like, okay, Lord, you, you know what you're doing. You are, when God is with you, you are always, always outnumbered with him. That always a, there's always a plan. It was a reminder us that when God's call us to do something, it's more about his presence than our power. It's more about his strength than our abilities. It, but here's the thing, it's less about you than you think. It says, Christ followers, what we're called to do is we're called to lay down that what we think to use, what we think are our weapons and our techniques and our, our way of going about it. I don't know, you, you might be caught up in like, oh, I've got to lose weight now. I didn't want to bring up the, the weight part, part. We were not to look in the mirror and not don't look at the scale. But you're thinking, I've got to do this. And so you're caught up. Maybe you're on this fad diet or you're trying this new exercise plan. I'm not saying it's bad to do. But what happens is we get caught up with whatever it is, or I'm going to try to fix my life this way if I do this, this, and this, and this and yet there's no shortcuts in it. There's no, there's no self-help that's really gonna get us to where we need to go. doesn't mean we can't use tools and opportunities there, but God's saying, why don't you do it my way? Why don't you do it in the way and come and actually surrender yourself, laying down your insecurities, laying down your inadequacies, and God, I don't have what it takes, and God's telling you, you don't have what it takes, but you, you might feel outnumbered, but guess what? When you're, uh, when you're on my side, they're outnumbered. And and that's the opportunity that God wants to use in our life, that we have so much for us, but it's not about us. As we wrap up, I, I just, you know, like, how do we do that? How do we live this out? Well, this, I I just have this one question, and i like our team to come as we, we pray here today. And this is the question. What simple step is God asking you to take today To overcome your feelings of inadequacy. What is the step you need to take? What does that that look like for you? Now, you might be having a really good day. And today you're going, I don't feel inadequate. You will this week. (laughs) Why? Because last week you did. And and I will too. So when we're feeling this way, when we don't feel like we have what it takes, we don't feel like, you know, all those negative messages, what steps do we need to take? or you're in a place right now, like, I'm in a state right now, I'm just feeling so insecure, I don't know sure what to do, is what is the next step? And the next step is really what God's calling you to do. You're like, well, what is that? Well, that's for you to seek the Lord. But I tell you, as much as you've got some New Year's resolutions, and maybe you have some goals in mind that you're thinking for, that, those are great. Keep goal, goal, good goals are good. But what are your steps toward those goals? What if you just took one step this week? Things of that can look like this. To step out of your inadequacy is this. Maybe just like, you know, I stepped up to that big pulpit and, and you know, I had to. I guess everybody was looking, I need to do that. For you, what is that step you need to take to step out of that and have courage? It might be this. is stepping up and, and meeting that new person that you wanted to meet. Maybe it's a new customer that you for your job. Maybe it's a new client. Maybe it's a new neighbor that you need to meet. Maybe it's picking up the phone. This week, that's your step. And in calling somebody that you haven't talked to for a while and and you you need to make some amends with them. Either you need to ask for forgiveness or give them opportunity or you you can forgive them this week. That's just one step. Maybe it's a step toward reaching out to people that are in need. I know we have some families are reaching out to foster children, adopt children. What's the next step? Well, fill out the application to do that. Maybe it steps toward a ministry team. Well, I don't know what that one might be. Well, just have a conversation with us and mark on the card that I'm interested in this or interested, as Josh mentioned, in a small group. Maybe it's saying yes to an invitation to lead. You're looking around and going, man, someone needs to pick up and lead this and do this. Those people left and they went to Blaine or they do that. Well, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to step up and opportunity is there. Stepping out of your insecurities and stepping into that. It's scary, isn't it? But if God says, Lord says, I am with you, mighty warrior. I'm with you. I'm going to help you do this. And for for some of us here today, it's stepping and take a step of prayer. Say, yes, Lord, I want to truly follow you. Listen, now, everything's against you. You know, there's external forces against you. The devil himself is against you to do those type of things. But what the biggest battle is right here. It's right here so you might say, I'm not smart enough. Well, step in, step into God's wisdom. I'm not, you know, I'm not talented enough. Well, step into his abilities that he has for you. You know, I'm not, I'm not adequate. I'm not equipped. Well, trust in his wisdom to help you when you need to too. And and I think a lot of us like, well, I'm not good enough. I, I don't, I don't deserve God's forgiveness. No, no, no. Step into his grace. This amazing grace. I think we sang that this morning that's for our lives, that we step toward Jesus. And it takes courage to do that. It takes courage to look in the mirror. It's not what people see of you. It's not how you see yourself because you really truly can't see yourself. But seeing as God sees you, he's, got, he's given you more than you think that's in you. But we've got to remind you of this. It's less about you than you think it is. It's about him. You are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has called you and advanced to do for us to recognize that and the greater potential is there let's get out of our wine presses we'll step into the battle of what he has the battle is here though it starts with ourselves and looking in this mirror in the image but i I mentioned before this image got tarnished in the garden man sinned but let's be reminded that jesus restored this image Jesus restored us back into the image of God. And so through Christ, through his blood that covers our life, the Bible talks about this, through what he did on the cross, when he sees us as followers of Jesus, when he, when God, the father sees us, he still sees the blood of Christ upon us. And what he sees in this mirror is perfection. And are like, I'm far from perfect. Well, that's not the, your, your life, Itself and the struggles and issues. Yes, we live in perfect lives, but when He sees us spiritually, with Him, positionally, with him, He sees with perfection. He goes, "Oh, that's my son. That's my daughter that I see. I, ha, I see a little bit of me in them, and it's because of Jesus and how Jesus. And when we look in the mirror, what we see is a little bit of God because of Christ and being created in His image and, and, and transformed in Christ's likeness." That's the work he wants to do. And when we see ourselves that way, guess what? There's opportunity that we step in into these new this new calling, new opportunity, and step out of those insecurities. I tell you it's day by day, step by step, that we do that together. And a great step to do is we conclude is the pray for each one of us here today. Let's let's bow our heads, let's pray together. Oh Lord, you are the perfect Father. You are the perfect father. And and when we we know that and understand that is to recognize that we're imperfect without Jesus. And it was because of Jesus, because of him going to the cross and, and taking care of our sin, of all mankind, that we, through Christ, our image that was tarnished at the fall can be reestablished that the blood of Christ that he died on the cross for, that we you see us, Father, as we truly are to be seen because of Jesus. And so we're grateful for that, Lord. That is our identity. That is who we are. And yet, Lord, we have so much against us in this world. We live in the sinful world and there's voices out there externally telling us something different. But Lord, in our own imperfective life that we live, in our own insecurities because of the sinful world, we, we see ourselves less than that. Oh Lord, oh, help us to see ourselves as you see us. As you look, you see your very self in us and reflected in us. And we see you, Lord. We're not God, and we don't look in the mirror and go, here I am. But may we look as you see us, that we truly can look in the mirror and go, I am a mighty warrior through Christ. I can do all things through him as given me strength. Greater is he that's in me, that's he's in, in the world. I am who Christ says I am. Forgiven, redeemed, and called. A masterpiece, Lord, may we... Not only see those, hear those words of affirmation, We live them out? And God, whatever the step that we need to do is to step out of our insecurities and step into what you have, Lord. God, will you give us the strength? Will you give us the courage? Lord, may we look courageously in the mirror in this new series. Lord, there's work that you wanna do in us and through us, God, but we would do it through your eyes and how you see us, Lord. It's perfect before you sinless before you, even in this imperfect world that we're living out, Lord, what you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name.